everyone, again. <laughs> um, it's so good to see you all. Um, yeah, really cool to be able to be back here. Um, thank you guys for all your prayers for um, Craig and my uh, holiday of the past two weeks. Um, we uh, actually had a, it was a really, really good break. Um, and uh, we, uh, yeah, we know that um, your, uh, your prayers were part of um, that break going well. <laughs> um, Craig, um, you might, might have heard, he ended up with COVID afterwards. <laughs> God let him kind of allowed him like a, a day or so since um, when we from after we got back before he got COVID. So he's battling, been battling that all week, and uh, still not well. So he's not able to be here this morning, and he's gutted about that. But um, uh, yeah, next Sunday, <laughs> next Sunday, Lord willing, he will be here. Um, so. Um, I'm. We're continuing this. Uh, series on um, how to thrive in life. And uh, you guys have heard um, uh, the other messages on different areas that we struggle with that um, are part of the things that come against us in, th in our thriving, where we, we don't feel like we're thriving. And um, this is uh, um, just a continuation in that series. And um, I'm going to be talking about waiting um, that song, It Is Well, <laughs> is about waiting, isn't it? About um, things not being okay at the moment, <laughs> that time period of waiting. Um, and as you, um, Sarah read, thank you for that, Sarah. That was um, awesome. Thanks for yeah, just yeah, your introduction around that too. It was really cool. Um, just going to read verse 22 again, Romans chapter 8. For we know that all creation, verse 22 and 23, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And that is what this world is about. The... Um, Waiting began at the fall um, when sin came into the world. That's when the waiting began. Ever since then, the whole of creation has been waiting and is waiting until when um, everything is made new, the new heavens and the new earth under the complete authority, everything under the complete authority of Jesus Christ. And um, that's the ultimate <laughs> ultimate thing we look forward to. That's our ultimate hope, that one day we will see that. Those of us who are believers, we will see his name declared as holy. Jesus Christ um, will be declared as Lord and every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that and we will see that. That's our ultimate hope. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, but in the meantime, this in-between time, as the verse has said, it's sin and suffering. Our waiting time is a result of sin and of suffering. It's either one or the other or both. Um, all of the things that we struggle with, the things that we're waiting in, and we groan along with creation as part of creation for all things to come to be okay again. God's plan was never that we'd have to wait for anything. If you think about in the Garden of Eden, um, the, uh, they walked and talked with God every day. 
literally walked with him. <laughs> Crazy, eh? That would be so good. <laughs> um, and all their needs were met. There were no unmet needs in the Garden of Eden. So um, that's God's plan. That's what he wanted for us. So he never wanted us to have these terrible times of struggle and waiting. Um, and I wanted you to know that I, <clears throat> in talking about this subject, I don't talk about it lightly. Um, I've waited for so many things in my life. There's um, been some terrible, terrible um, times of anguish and waiting that I have been through. And um, there's things I'm still waiting for that I, have, um, I haven't uh, seen the, the result in. And um, I am, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for those things to come about. And um, so, and I know many of you too are struggling in times of waiting. Things um, are hard. You're waiting for answers and they haven't come. Um, this world is um, full of the versions of waiting, of illness, of financial difficulty, conflict in our relationships, struggles in our workplace, loneliness, uncertainties of all kinds, and they can last for days or weeks, months, sometimes even years. Um, and the overwhelming temptation is to give in, to just say it's just not worth it, and to um, fall back into destructive habits. Um, ways of coping. Um, we all have our versions of, of the ways that we cope that we know aren't good. <laughs> and the temptation is to fall into those in the times of waiting. Paul uses the illustration in this um, in Romans 8. He talks about the, um, it, um, likens it to pregnancy. Um, it's funny that we use a word, well, actually, I don't know if it's current, maybe it's because of my age, but um, pregnancy is also con um, termed as being expecting. You guys heard of that, so I'm not the only old one here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so we're expecting. It's funny how it's like uh, we're waiting and expectation. It's pregnancy is a lot about waiting. And, um, uh, and I was um, thinking about how, um, how often, um, in, uh, I've heard it said or even thought it myself, how awesome it would be if babies came by stork delivery. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about babies literally being delivered by storks. And um, and I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great if, our, if the answers that we're waiting on were delivered by storks? You know, we put our online order in for what we're wanting and then it just gets delivered to our, our doorstep within that time zone of the <clears throat> delivery schedule. <laughs> Yeah, we'd have to bring in some storks. Yeah, true. We don't have them in New Zealand. It's a good point, Bernice. That's one, one thing we'd have to overcome in the first place. But imagine, I was thinking about in our current package and letter delivery system that we've got going on. Craig and I, and you guys probably can attest to this too, we constantly have other people's mail and packages delivered to our doorstep. And... Um, we are going through a mail and going, there's, it's actually hardly ever for us, which is really sad. And, and so we go through and we're like, oh yeah, that's the next door neighbour. Oh yeah, that must be someone down the road, because it kind of looked like our number of it. Um, or it's, the person doesn't live at our place anymore. So I was thinking, you imagine that if God had organised that babies were to be delivered by stork. And that was our current delivery system. We'd end up, we'd get home and there'd be like three babies on our doorstep. And it's like, 
well, we know we didn't order a baby. Um, but this one has got like a, 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 our next door neighbour will we'll take it over, give it to the neighbour. Um, and this one is like for the, the person down the road, so we'll go and take the baby down the road. And then this one, well, this person doesn't even live here anymore, so this baby's just going to have to go back to the storks and, and they'll have to sort it back at the stork headquarters. Um, <laughs> God was very, very wise in not doing a stork delivery system. Um, his way was all about love and wisdom <laughs> and the slow, careful entrusting of a nine-month pregnancy of a baby on the inside, <laughs> not an egg, um, uh, for the safe delivery of our precious baby. Um, that knitting together that uh, David talks about in Psalm 139, um, where he's, he's in awe of how God has knit, knit him together piece by piece. As we understand science, we get to have a look at um, how more and more amazing that is. The more we understand, the more incredible it is. And we are um, in awe of what it takes to grow a baby. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. But then there's also this, this other side, that if the baby is born too soon, how scary that is. What a struggle that is, how much kind of struggle and pain comes in around that. And um, Paul doesn't use this illustration of pregnancy flippantly. He lives in an era where um, infant mortality is just uh, its so normal. And so he knows um, that his readers are thinking about that as he expresses this groaning that we have in the struggle. He wants to express the urgency of us being okay with waiting on what God asks of us. In all the seasons that I have been waiting on, um, I ha and the, that I've done and what I'm currently in, there's been um, a, a, some one thing that's been a huge encouragement for me, and I wanted to talk to you about that to um, maybe encourage you for what you're going through right now. And um, uh, it is this: waiting is full of purpose. It isn't a void. It isn't a, um, just this long time of unmet hopes um, where uh, we are without. Um, we just have to hang in there until the, the, the answer comes. It's full of purpose. It's the very soil that the seeds of our hopes are actually planted in, that waiting period. Our, the seeds of our hope are, are planted in there, and it's in that, that soil that it is nourished, that it is weeded, that it is growing and growing to um, bring together the greatest hope that we really long for from this. Just like the process of pregnancy, the wise, loving knitting together of God um, is around what we're waiting for. Henri Nguyen um, said this about waiting. If we wait in the conviction that a seed has been planted and that something has already begun, it changes the way we wait. Active waiting implies being fully present to the moment with the conviction that something is happening where we are and that we want to be present to it. A waiting person is someone who is present to the moment, believing that this moment is the moment. 
just want to read that bit in the middle there again. Active waiting implies that being fully present to the moment with the conviction that something is happening where we are and that we want to be present to it. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. When we look back on, um, uh, for me, I know this, and you guys will probably say the same things, some of our most precious moments have been little things. Those, those memories that we have that we look back to that encourage us, that lift us up. They're so often little things. Being present to the moment, like living rather than always in this attitude, I can't be happy where I'm at now. It's actually about going, no, there's something for me today and what today is. Being present to today. It opens us up to see these precious little things and big things that God gives us to encourage us, to motivate us, to comfort us on the journey of waiting, while we're waiting. And, when, and we see them right when we so desperately need to see them, not just afterwards. We get to see them at the time we need them. Um, I was going on this family um, holiday um, uh, with my um, sister, my parents, my um, oldest daughter and her two littlest kids. We were doing a road trip and it was quite a, a, a number of hours in a, in a van all together and the two littlest were sitting in um, car seats right in the back of the van and the youngest, Clementine, she'd just turned two so she's really teeny and um, we were driving along and um, just had the music going and, and stuff and this um, song comes on and um, from the back seat <laughs> I hear this teeny little two-year-old voice going, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one but, you know the song, No One But You, it's a Hillsong song, she's singing in the back, she's singing away at the top of her voice, it was so cute, little two-year-old worship in the back, and that's that song, that little teeny one singing away, her singing her heart out, was a glimpse that God gave me in the moment of something that I was praying, something much bigger that I was praying for, um, of my grandkids being surrounded um, by the teachings of God and those worship songs <laughs> that this little one was singing. Probably didn't even, she probably didn't understand at the time, but those words will stick in her mind and she'll sing them for the rest of her life. And I think um, that moment, I think about it a lot, and every time I've got that song on my playlist, every time it comes on, that memory pops into my head of that teeny little two-year-old <laughs> worship, which was very cute. Um, so there's a question I wanted to um, stop you guys just to think about, just on your own. You don't have to talk together like the mean Craig asks you to do <laughs> on a regular basis. Um, so this is just for you to think about. but. Um, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge that I ask myself a lot. <laughs> um, the question is, is my hope in the answer I long for? Or is my hope in God being with me, walking with me as I wait for the answer? Just read that again. Is my hope in the answer I long for? Or is my hope in God being with me 
walking with me as I wait for the answer, as I wait for the outcome. Another way of putting this would be, um, am I depending on my understanding of the answer, of how this is going to work, when it's going to happen, when it needs to happen, by what it's got to look like? Or am I depending on God's understanding, what he's doing and what I'm waiting for? I just wanted to just stop for a few seconds, <laughs> just for you to think about that. I wanted to um, read this um, out. It's, um, I have here. As we wait in humble dependency on him, we give his spirit the space, the right to work within us. And we find our understanding, our perspectives, even our hearts changed. Just read that again. As we wait in humble dependency on him, trusting, that's what it is, humble dependency is trusting in God. As we do that, as we trust him, we give his spirit the space, the right to work within us. When we um, are not trusting him, when we're depending on our understanding, when we're only hoping in getting that answer and, and getting it now, we are holding God back from working um, freely as he knows would be best. He knows would really get us to where we need to be. And um, it's that thing where he stands at the door and knocks. <laughs> he doesn't just charge in. He doesn't just blast through the door and say, here I am to save the day. He is there to save the day, but he's on the other side of the door and he's knocking and then he waits. He waits for you to answer. That's trusting him. When we open the door to his knocking, we are stepping into trust. We are giving his spirit the space, the right to work within us. And in that, step by step by step, we find our understanding, our perspectives, even our hearts changed. He talks about giving us the desires of our heart. It's not just the desires we want. He actually forms those desires in us. <laughs> little bit by little bit by little bit as we let him work. The waiting time turns out to be full of purpose. We come out the other end of our waiting time a little bit more like Jesus. Humble, more humbler, <laughs> gentler, more listening, more obedient. All the fruit of the Spirit, you know, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. I haven't got them listed here, obviously. <laughs> but you know, the fruit of the Spirit, that is, that is what is the overflow of our obedience. And only then... Are we ready for what God has for us in the next season when we have the answer and with whatever the answer is? He's readied us in all that waiting time. He's readied us to work with the answer. <laughs> but, 
humble obedience means I must let go of my way, my timing for the answer, even what I think the best answer is. Humble dependency on God means I trust his way. I trust his timing. I trust his answer. It's not easy, I know, and I don't say that lightly. But my way, my control, only takes into account my understanding of what is best. God's way takes into account what will be best for every single person impacted by this. It doesn't leave anyone out. My way, my result, could end up railroading over who, who knows how many people. I feel happy, but I've got this trail of wreckage in behind me. Or simply just a trail of people who didn't get blessed because it was my way. But God's way is about blessing everyone, working all things together for those, plural, <laughs> who love him. Every detail worked together for everyone as well as ourselves. If I am humbly trusting God and depending on him throughout the whole waiting time, then I get to be a part of answers to many prayers, many other people's prayers, not just my own. So cool. Joseph um, Joseph in the Old Testament, his life is a beautiful picture of this. He, um, uh, so he had that dream that he was given. I think he was about 13 years old when he was given the, the dream. Um, there's a couple of them. And um, that would be um, that he would be in a position of authority and of honour that even his family would bow down to him. Um, when he was given that, <laughs> all he could see was himself getting blessed. And he went off and told his brothers, even his father, <laughs> and it didn't go down well. <laughs> uh, went pretty badly, in fact. Um, him telling them, there's this wonderful thing that's going to happen. You're all going to be bowing down to me. <laughs> And um, there was already bitterness brewing in the family and then the him saying that just blew it all out and um, the hatred that his brothers <laughs> then poured out on him was part of the hideous, hideous journey that Joseph had to walk after that, his waiting time. Uh, they, it was about 22 years <laughs> his waiting time was. Um, and he had to walk it out, um, waiting on God, before he saw the fulfillment of the stream. Um, but in that time, he learned what it was to work really hard. He learned management skills. <laughs> he learned the Egyptian system of government. He learned humility. <laughs> he learned a lot of humility. But most of all, um, he learned to trust God and to not trust himself. And the result of this was, as he got to see, was that not only was he blessed, the whole nation of Egypt was blessed. The surrounding nations were blessed. 
his whole family was blessed. Um, they were all able to survive a horrendous famine, um, which they would not have survived. Um, and it was the beginning of the, this time period where the Israelite nation was formed. Joseph had no idea what was ahead when he had that dream at 13 years old, but those, those years of waiting, they were so full of purpose, um, undeniable purpose. So how do we wait in humble obedience? How do we wait trusting God? Um, it comes back to four things. <laughs> and you'll look at them and go, oh yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> it's nothing astoundingly new. It comes back to some basic things. But they're not basic at all. <laughs> they are truly life-transforming things. Um, so I just wanted to go through those. The first one, we pray. We pray and we pray and we pray and we never give up. I love how in Luke chapter 18, Jesus gives his disciples the parable of the um, unjust judge. And that's where he tells them about this, this, um, this story about a, a widow who comes to this unjust just judge. And Jesus described him as he didn't like people <laughs> and he didn't care about being fair. He was all about himself. <laughs> and this widow comes to him and asks him over and over and over again um, for the, what she wants. He doesn't say, give anything specific. And finally, the ju unjust judge gets so exasperated, so over this widow coming to him and nagging him and nagging him and nagging him. And he goes, okay, you can have what I want. I'm going to give it to you just to shut you up and make you go away. <laughs> And the funny thing is, Jesus uses this as an illustration for prayer. He says, it says in, the, in Luke um, chapter 18, verse 1, he says, Jesus told them this parable so that his disciples would pray and never give up. Um, <laughs> so Jesus kind of was saying, it's okay to nag God. <laughs> for what you're wanting, respectfully, of course. But it's this whole thing, we get afraid of asking God for the same thing over and over and over again. He's saying, don't be afraid. Keep asking, keep on asking. God is not an unjust judge. He is not like that judge at all. He hears those prayers. He receives them. And he answers them well and with love. Um, so we pray and we never give up. We read the Bible. We cling to every one of God's promises that he gives in the Bible. And there is nothing else in this world that is um, as reliable, as um, constant, as um, uh, full of truth as the Bible is. We can hope completely in the promises that God gives us in his word like we can nothing else in this world. You know, we, even the most wonderful of relationships come to an end at some point. Um, even the, you know, the things that we, like our, our money, we can't rely on that keeping on going. We can't rely on our health. We can't rely on our doctors. We can't rely on our good grades. We can't rely on, you know, 
whatever we're putting our hope in. In the end, it fails somehow. But God's promises will never, ever fail. And do you know, people have sat down and worked this out, that there are nearly 9,000 promises that God gives in the Bible. I did a calculation, and that is over 24 per day for a year, which means <laughs> that you could read a new promise of God every hour, 24-7, for a year, and you'd still have some pr promises left over for the next year. That's how much God wants you to cling to his promises. He wants you to get that. He, he wants to bless you. He wants to pour out his, um, his love on you. And um, his Bible is where we find that. And then we worship. We worship um, together like we have this morning and on our own. Um, <laughs> like I was talking about that song, the biblical promises and the songs that we sing, the songs that we listen to, that, um, what an awesome way to get those truths in our heads, eh? Um, I listen to them in my car, whenever I hop in my car, straight away got my, my um, playlist, my worship playlist going, um, we've got them playing at home. We just, whenever I can, have surrounding this, myself with these songs because they are an encouragement to me and they give me promises to proclaim when I can't think of them for myself, when I can't feel positive myself. And um, God knows that um, we need this thankfulness in order to rise above the struggle. Um, in uh, Philippians 4 verse 6 where he says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. He didn't stop there. He didn't say, that's it, you know, just pray about everything and you'll be good. He continued on and said, be thankful in all circumstances. And he, and he says, he goes to that third thing because if we just think about our worries and pray about them, we never, we kind of stay in a place of um, focusing on our need, focusing on the struggles that we are thinking about for ourselves, for other people. But when we move into the place of thankfulness, we move into that faith of what we already have, what we already see. And that's why he's saying, move beyond the prayer to the thankfulness because then you will start to realize, it's okay, I'm already getting this. I'm already getting some answers. I'm already getting the encouragement. But I know, I don't know about you, but when I start, uh, somebody says, you know, let's think about the things that we're thankful for. My mind always goes blank, <laughs> which um, shows I've got an attitude problem maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, I don't know if you guys struggle with it, but my tactic is <laughs> I look for the little things that I can see, and it might be like, I, I saw some blue sky today. <laughs> Didn't last for long, <laughs> but I saw some blue sky today, and I love blue sky and sunshine. I heard birds singing. You know, I love hearing birds singing. That's one of my <laughs> favorite things. Um, the coffee was great today. Thank you, Noah. 
and Halle, wherever you are at the back there. <laughs> the, um, you know, looking at these little things that, uh, that bring us joy, uh, the things that are the life-giving stuff for us, the nice text that we got from a friend or the fact that a friend simply texted us. Um, the, uh, I, I mean, I'm no point in me listing all this off. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's looking at these things that we can be thankful for. And as we do that, we move ourselves into a place of alignment with God because it is a faith step, being thankful, isn't it? We move ourselves into that open door <laughs> before God and that faith step, and we find ourselves... Um, helped by the Holy Spirit. He starts to bring things to mind that we haven't thought of. And we start to move into that place of, of, of genuine worship. And then we are filled with that peace that goes beyond understanding, that isn't reliant on things being okay. That is the point of what he's asking us to do in worship. And this in-between time of these thankfulness gives us evidence that we need today to keep hoping for that bigger thing. And then it's the last bit, we connect. That's with each other. We connect with each other. We are the body of Christ. God shows himself to us in the tangible ways through um, the relationships we have with other believers. He shows us comfort. He shows us encouragement. He shows us um, just the hugs, um, just being able to sit down and talk, you know, those things. We need this connection with one another in order to feel okay. And I want you to be encouraged too. Um, reading a, um, the paraphrase of um, Romans 8 verses 26 and 7 from the Message Translation, I just loved how um, Eugene Peterson put this. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting... God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. How deeply... God hears our cries. So much so that he even helps us to express the pain, express the longings that we don't even have words for. Those ones that we don't have words for, those are the real deep heart cries, aren't they? When we literally cannot even form the words because the pain, the suffering is too much. And the Holy Spirit pours out our hearts to the Father. And it says in verse 34 that Jesus pours out our hearts to the Father too. He intercedes for us. The whole Trinity feels our anguish. How cool is that? It's such a comfort to know that He cares that much, that the whole Trinity wants to and does feel our anguish, our struggle in the waiting. And the message translation that carries on for um, verse 28, the, this is the one, um, he works all things together. He says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail. Nothing is missed out. 
every detail. Your time of waiting is full of purpose. That's what I want you to go away with, is to know that your time of waiting is full of the purposes of God. God is growing something. He is working out stuff in that waiting time. He is forming you. He is renewing your mind. By the, he is renewing you, transforming you by the renewing of your mind. Um, and um, he gives us this um, verse in Psalm 27, verse 14. It describes what waiting patiently looks like. Psalm 27, verse 14. It says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Waiting is described as brave and courageous. <laughs> How cool is that? It doesn't feel like it, eh? <laughs> for the most part, it feels very unbrave and uncourageous. But God sees it as brave and courageous because he knows what it takes for us to trust him. Your waiting is brave and courageous. And your waiting time is full of purpose. I just want to finish um, with prayer. And um, then we'll have another worship song. Uh, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, our good, good Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we couldn't believe any of this <laughs> if we didn't have you telling us it in your word. It's just too crazy to believe that you care that much, that you're with us that much. And you know how much in our times of waiting we, um, we want to give up. And sometimes we do give up, God. But you understand. You tell us, you have so many verses in your word that tell us how you are there for us. We see verse after verse after verse of you showing us that you understand our struggle and you come along and you lift us back up on our feet again and you walk beside us you hold us by the hand you lead us, you carry us um, whatever it is we need we thank you almighty God that this is what you do in the waiting and you tell us that our answers will come. We will see it. <laughs> um, that you will not delay. It feels like a delay from our perspective, God. But that's where you ask us just to trust you, the one who understands everything about what we long for, everyone who it will impact, and a much, much, much better outcome than anything we have in mind because you promise to do far, far more than what we can hope for, far beyond anything we can even imagine. You give us that promise. And we thank you, God. We hold to your promises, Almighty God, our loving Father. 
And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the authority that you give us. Um, because there is no other authority we can depend on. Mm, thank you, Lord.